Today I'm here with Chris Dinola, uh, who uh, is a sales manager in real estate in Bankstown. I'm also with uh, Cam Wilson, who runs a show in uh, Carryong in on the Central Coast. How are you, boys? Good, yeah, mate. awesome, mate. Awesome. Well, it's been two weeks since we did our Good first uh, wine and wisdom, and um, apparently they want us back. Well, we survived. <laughs> <laughs> We're back. Well, listen, I. I'd always say, you know, if you have fun, that's the most important. I've been training hard for it, mate, so we, that's a good thing. We're actually very happy to have you, Chris, because I think uh, not Stoked only you're the joker, that, um, you're the life of the party, but I also think Thanks. that, you know, um, it's nice maybe to see uh, sales and a bit of wisdom from a dis different perspective. Uh, you a auctioneer, yeah. I believe, right, yeah. on top of being a sales manager. Yeah. So you do auction, where do you run your auctions, man? Uh, so I hold all the auctions for our office and obviously most around, mostly around the Bankstown area, right. anywhere around the surrounding suburbs, but yeah, mostly um, for our office. I do a lot of charity auctions when I can as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't mind getting in front of people and have a bit of fun with it, so. What can you tell us about Bankstown? Later on, if you can tell us about the market, that would be great, you know? Sure. People have a sort of maybe a misconception about Bankstown itself. I think right. Bankstown, um, as far as a suburb, offers a lot in far of, in, in such as a lot of things. So for starters, uh, price range, we've got everything from the entry level all the way through to multi-million dollar homes. Uh, but not only that, if you're going to live in Bankstown, it's central to everything. Um, and one thing I love, it's got a, a multitude of different nationalities that have opened up restaurants. So you can go from Malay to Viet to to Chinese to Lebanese to Italian to Greek, and they're all all the restaurants are there, right. and um, they're all <laughs> really good restaurants. And if they're not in Bankstown, they might be in Condal Park or Yaguna or Greenacre, and they're all good quality food. So it's right. a really nice place to come and, and and spend some time for lunches or dinners and so forth. So mm. I think it offers a lot. Rubbish football team. Now, the football team's pretty good, not this rubbish. year, but uh, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. Absolute rubbish. Listen, they just lost their major sponsor. Uh, who, Hyundai? Kia. Kia? Gone. Oh, well. Gone to Brisbane. Oh, well. We'll find another one. Tough times ahead. Maybe Wisebury will put their hand up. <laughs> yeah, but Kia. Who wants a Kia? It's called Kill in Action, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh, I'd be scared to wear a, a jersey where it says Kill in Action. No? That's what annoys me about the Stingers. Those Stingers look like really good cars. I'll burn in one. They go like the showers of shit, but it's got a Kia badge on it. You, the Kia Stinger, you gotta, yeah, right. You've got to badge them. The cops are using them now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, well, as you do know, in every one of our wine and wisdom, uh, there's more wine than wisdom. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I just want to warn you now. So today, boys, uh, what kind of wine have we got? Hey, by the way, before we even get onto today's wine, last time we spoke about a few wineries. Yes. And uh, did you know that some people have already gone to those wineries and visited them? I saw them a photo of Megzi at Scarborough. Yeah, yeah, that's an amazing thing. We're it's influencing the world, mate. It's starting. We are the truth. <laughs> Uh, and we're doing all of these things free. We, we, we're not getting paid to do this. <laughs> cash for comment. There's that's no right. cash for if, comment. If anything, we, we're actually paying for the bottles too. So let's have a look at the wines. You went to the Hunter Valley yeah. a few days after the first one. Should right? we let the guest go first or do you want me to jump yeah. in? Mate, he's no longer a guest, mate. He's, he's going to no become part of the furniture suit. I am so happy to be doing one of these with my mate Tanala. Oh, well, I was honoured when Thomas called thing. me. It was, it was awesome. And I thought, and I just listened to your podcast actually when Thomas had called me and I've gone yeah I'd love to have a bottle of wine with a couple of mates 100% and then you said bring cheese all the better so uh, very happy to be <laughs> here man. Though, we're mates eh? 
Hundred percent. And uh, you're 100%. one of the good ones, mate. So we're gonna have a ball. Thanks, buddy. I love it. Thanks, so buddy. tell me about the wine that you got, guest. Guest, yes. <laughs> so I, I, mine um, is a 2007 Caps Have Emmett's Crossing. Um, yep. It's from a, a wine club that I am a member of. They call me every once in a while when they've got specials on. I think I bought two cases of it three or four years ago. I think I've got one or two bottles left of the 2007, so I'll grab one for today. 2007. Yeah, yeah. It so it's got a bit of age. It says it's a Margaret River. Okay. Uh, Western Australian wine. I'm sure it was somewhere close to fifty dollars back in 1974. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fifty dollars, how much? Yeah, no, it wasn't that. It was not that expensive actually. So the whole case delivered to the door. I think it was a couple of couple of hundred or something. So. Okay, that's cool. Mm. We've got a chance. Oh, <laughs> yeah, but hold on. He bought it a few years ago. Yeah. But you have to be careful, right? So inflation. We, we have to be careful about that. Those bottles have been selling yeah. because you, you know, it's fifty dollars like in 1970s, <laughs> and you know what that is today. Never have to worry about any more being salad, mate. They don't <laughs> <laughs> last that long. <laughs> How about you, man? Mate, I went on a research and development tour last weekend. Yep. For the greater good. Yeah. For the greater good. And I think Crystal and I hit about 18 wineries by the time we'd finished the weekend. Yeah. Just to find the one. And this one snuck up on us. This is a Thomas yeah. Allen Mango Tree Chardonnay. It's a... 2019, which means it's only new, but talking to all the winemakers up there, they're, they're saying now that since 2017, 18 and 19 have been just as good, and a lot of them are liking the 19 vintage better than the 17. So Yeah, they had to see them. That's how they sell that. their 19 wine quicker. No, you wait. <laughs> so we were searching far and wide, and we had our hit list, some who you recommended, Thomas, but then we, we turned up to one place. They didn't quite have what we were looking for, and they put us on to Thomas Allen, which we hadn't heard of before. It's a beautiful winery up on Broke Road. It's up on top of a hill. It gives you pretty much 360-degree views of the entire valley. It's set down low. You're not up probably quite as high as Audrey Wilkinson. Yeah. Um, we met the winemaker and the, the, the family. They took the winery over in 1970. I think it was already an existing winery, but they thought we can do it better. And, and wait till you taste this, mate. I've got oh, you covered today. Okay, well, we're going to have to start with that. I've got you covered today. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about all the wines, but um, mine, I got a uh, Howard Park Scottsdale 2014 Cabernet Sauvignon. The, the lady who actually helped me, <laughs> she said, uh, in 2018, this lady here, Janice McDonald, who is the uh, chief winemaker of Howard Park, she, she actually won the winemaker of the year, 2018. And so I thought, oh, I might as well just grab it. It's not, for no reason I walk into uh, my vintage cellars in my neighborhood and this woman just wanted me to grab this bottle. So we'll have a look at this bottle. Um, we'll, we'll, this family here, the Birch families, they, they they're obviously people who are not into ego because they just went out there, went for a great winemaker and just gave this woman freedom to do all the mix. So let's have a look at that wine later on. So which one are we starting first? This is the mango tree chardonnay, mate. Okay, no problem. Let's have our first cheers. Cheers, boys. boys. Mm, that oh, is nice. That is pretty bloody it good, man. pretty good, man. <laughs> that is pretty, bl pretty bloody good. That is nice. That's we, nice. We, uh, wow. we bought half a dozen on the spot, and then you're never sure when you get back from the hunter oh, whether it's... It's a little bit sweeter than uh, Chardonnays that I'm used to. It's buttery, but... Huh? But that's the thing that they've done now with a lot of Chardonnay up in the Hunter Valley, because they actually lost ground to, the, uh, to New Zealand with their Sauvignon Blanc. 
Okay. They had to make the Chardonnay uh, not as strong anymore uh -huh. in order to entice Australia to come back to the uh, Chardonnay in the Hunter region, you know? It was funny though, walking, well, Saturday, we got there on the Saturday and the first few wineries we went to, we were after big buttery Chardonnays and yeah. all of them said, all of them to a T that we went to, oh no, we don't do that in the Hunter anymore, no one does yep. that. It was just funny you mentioned ego in the in the winemakers because clearly when the 15 or so we hit on Sunday all had big buttery Chardonnays, but the ego just wouldn't let them. Except for the one, the, the, the shout out to uh, Duellis who put us on to Thomas Allen because they didn't have the buttery that we wanted. So. But I'm going to take you there on the 14th. Uh, okay, oh well, go there. No, this is fantastic. Man. Beautiful. That's nice. Uh, nice white. Nice mm. white. Do you think the egos, the ego from the winemaker is part of the competition with each other? Or do you think it's an ego of them wanting their wines to be liked by the public? Well, it's... Or a combination. Know. How would you feel if you were the winemaker and someone walked in off the street and said, I'm not interested in anything you've got because I want... Which is essentially to some of them what we were saying. Do you have any buttery Chardonnays? No, we don't do that. Oh, well, we're not interested. That's got to play with the, the ego a little bit. And then obviously they're all in competition with each other, but you'd think enough people get through the Hunter Valley on a weekend that they don't really have to scratch and claw for every single bottle. It was interesting because there was more than one said it. And, and Crystal and I, it's not the first time we've been to the Hunter, and the last time we were there 12 months ago, every wine, we, every Chardonnay we bought and tasted was big and buttery. So these people are saying to us, oh, we don't do it here. I'm like, you do. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> you do. So it was, yeah, it's maybe, I'm not in the industry, so maybe it is that tied up there that you have to, but, you know, where do you get more props? Now I'm sitting here talking about these people like they've got ego when they could have just said to me, mate, go up the road because that guy, go to Scarborough, go to one of these other places, they'll have what you want. We wouldn't even be sitting here having this conversation. So. I'm asking you for not knowing myself. I'll, I'm, I'm interested that would these people go to the other wineries to taste, for want of a better word, their competition's wine? Oh, I'm sure they do. And I'm if, sure they do. So if they do, do you think then it's because they can't produce a wine that that person's looking for that maybe that ego comes across? Well, or the winemakers aren't. In one of them, uh, Cockfighters Ghost we went to, he said, we've been begging our winemaker to produce a buttery Chardonnay for us, but he just won't do it because it's the new age of Chardonnay. But Thomas is 100% right. People who fell in love with Chardonnay in the beginning and are old school Chardonnay drinkers, this is what they were all like. So it, it makes sense that if someone's after Chardonnay, this is nice. that's what they want. That's good, isn't it? Yes, but you know, I, I look at these things and I think I would never do what they do. I mean, how hard is it to work in an environment where you can't even control the weather? Yeah. And how hard is it? That's and then you, 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 you're gauge and that little extra point that you get on, what is it, that John Halliday uh, mm. booklet? James Halliday. James yeah. Halliday. Well, that extra point could be the difference between you being a zillionaire or just producing wine. Yeah, right. Mm. And so, yes, there's a little bit of this, there's a bit of tactic in terms of trying to uh, big talk yourself. But I think if you're going to be in a competitive environment like winemaking, you gotta have to be proud of what you're doing. And yes, there's no problem with believing in yourself, you know, because, but in the end, what is wine? It's taste, mate. I can drink a wine that you say, I hate, that I love, mm. and vice versa. How often does it happen that you open the bottle that you know it's going to be a wow bottle? 
and then somebody turns up with uh, El Cheapo and just kick the shit out of yeah. that bottle. You know, it's different taste, different on the palate. I mean, this is a something that re really blew my mind recently. I was fortunate enough to take my wife to uh, dinner by Heston Blumenthal's restaurant, and yes. I had a degustation, and they delivered a, a Chardonnay. It was a, and I smelt it. I said, "This thing smells like petrol." And uh, the solemnier said, yes, it, that's the tones you're going to get. He goes, but wait till you get the food. Flavour completely changed when you had the food with it. So, um, again, having someone with that experience being able to deliver the paired food to enhance that flavour of the wine is another step yeah. in the right direction. There's, there's one trick that I do to a lot of places because I, I've been watching the, uh, what is it, some? I don't know when yeah, you yeah. watch that movie. And then there was a question in there and they didn't give the answer, but I've been asking some people so, and, and I found out. So just to make sure that I get the right attention when I go into a nice place with wine, I ask them, do you know how to just chill a bottle in less than a minute? And, and the, quite often they don't. And I'd say to them, well, what you have to do is you have to put ice salt, and the same quantity of salt. Once you've done it, just whack the bottle in and within a minute it's chilled. And it's just crazy, you know, but that's what they learn in song. And so there's so many things that we don't understand, we don't know. And I think that the understanding of wine would actually brings a, bring out a lot of wisdom. I mean, we can talk all day long mm -hmm. about this, yep. right? Yep. So let's have a look at this. Let's start with some of these things that we've been doing. What, what have we been up to the last two weeks, boys? I've had a big couple of weeks, mate. Life yep. is good. All things going cams way. I got here today without using a GPS. That's the first time ever. <laughs> got a new phone, got a new deck at home. Business is good. Yeah. Um, You're making good money for the moment, man. We're doing all right. But do you know how to use all of that money or maybe it's too much? Using money is something I've never had a problem with. <laughs> Keeping money. <laughs> Keeping money a completely different story. No, life is good, man. Really pumped about where things are at. Um, home's good. Got the young fella playing touch footy. Finally, one of my boys is holding a footy awesome. instead of a soccer ball. <laughs> Stoked on that. Hanging around good people. Energy's good. Brain's got plenty of room left in it for a change. Mm, that's good. And um, lots of boxes being ticked at the moment. Couldn't be happier. Absolutely stoked. Great How about you, Chris? Yeah, How things, you things are good, mate. I've just come out of uh, you know, a bit of a challenge at work, just uh, and mindset wasn't right, and that's that's changed 360. Yeah. Um, bit of a wake up for myself, and it's funny how it's come in line with a lot of other things that have lined up as well, and just in general in life. Yeah, I think I've mentioned to you once before. Rita had been made retrenched, and she's just received a an offer for a new role as a HR manager in charge of people and culture with a core hotel, and that's great. And uh, my daughter just won the first place in a dance competition down in Melbourne they went to. And uh, wow. so there's been a lot of- from you. Sorry? Did not learn that from All the you. dancing skills come from my father, mate. So uh, <laughs> it's the Italian blood, do you know? You know how to move. Um, so things are going well. Um, mm -hmm. Putting some more hours in at work and actually enjoying the grind and enjoying that. And I've probably been a little bit, for want of a better word, lazy. Right. And getting in there and actually properly really pushing myself to do that, to go that extra. Right, but what do you mean lazy? I mean, um, how long have you been in real estate now? 10 years, 10 years this year. Okay, do you find that you're still running around and running on a treadmill that is the same as day one or have you found a way to balance your life a bit more? So uh, my life is balanced more than it was when I first started real estate. When I first started real estate, yeah. I was the first one in the office. 
I got my prospect calls, my list, and I was on the phones. And uh, back then we weren't Wisebury, we were just a Rain and Horn office, and uh, I was just smashing out the calls first thing in the morning to late of at night time, and mm -hmm. that's all I did. I've never had any warm leads, it was all cold calling. Now I've got a little bit more of a balance. Uh, I still do my prospecting, I don't do as much prospecting as I used to. A lot of my leads are warm leads now, which are, which are good. Um, mm -hmm. I would have liked to have set up probably systems five and six years ago where yeah. I would have um, helped me now more so uh, with that prospecting regime. Right. So so tell us a little bit about your balance. What, what have you got now? Um, the good thing is that I wake up in the morning with the kids. Yeah. Um, the kids are at home and, and uh, the kids understand the mum and dad has to go to work. My wife works full time, as I said to you as well. They understand that. So we're up together, getting ready together, having breakfast together. They catch a bus to school. I'm off to work. So I get into the office by about eight, half past eight and uh, leaving for work, the kids know now, and this is a conversation we had some while ago, which is about getting permission from the family to be able to work that little bit later. So you're not feeling guilty when you're at work that little bit later. And now I'm, I'm, I'm starting to actually enjoy that hour extra that I'm putting in, because I'm not, I don't, I'm not carrying that guilt that I was previously, feeling that I was taking myself away from the family. So yeah. I gave myself permission to be there with getting approval from the family to be there. Right. So you're carrying the guilt from the kids, or, or no, was the guilt always my there? Own. It, was it, it was always there. It was, it was my own. It, right. it was never, the kids or my partner never, yeah. ever made me feel guilty about that. It was self-implemented. It was just a thought process. And, and again, until I talked through, through with you, uh, it was a thought process that I had generated in my head that I thought, because my father maybe was always there from, you know, four... 4.30 of an afternoon, my dad was a railway worker. I yep. worked at pa painting trains, carriages, carriage painter. At 4.30 in the afternoon, he was home. Um, and that was every day. So maybe I, I had that growing up and I thought, I needed to do the same thing. Working back till 6.30, 7 o'clock, 7.30 at night. Yeah. Sometimes later at listing appointments. But I had did have some guilt there, which now I've managed to sort of turn. So um, we talk about balanced life. What does that mean to you? If you were to write the, the Webster's Dictionary description of balanced life, how does that come out for you? And you know, Cam, I think it's going to be very individual. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's going to be very unique to so each I'm individual. I'm interested to hear yours, because so you're at a my, different stage to myself and Thomas. For, for, for mine, I'm a very social personality, uh, so for me it's family. We, even though I'm coming home 7, 7.30, we still try to eat as a family. Uh, so my family's not eating. So you have two children, yeah? So I have, yes, yeah, Sebastian, who's four, uh, almost 14, and Isabella, who's, who's almost uh, 12. Mm -hmm. I hope I got that right. And uh, a beautiful wife. They come home, they know their duties. They know what they've got to do. So when we come home, we're having dinner together. We're washing the dishes together. We, we might play a game of Uno or something together occasionally just to make sure we're having that family time, no technology, no TV, and that bonding. And that's when the kids can open up to us. So for me, mate, that balance is being able to spend a little bit of time in the morning, some time of a night time, and having that mix. And then we try to have maybe uh, at least once a week, maybe once a fortnight to go out as the four of us again to a restaurant. And it doesn't have to be an expensive restaurant, it could be a, a local pizzeria, yep. uh, to sit down and have a meal together. And again, no technology, no phones, none of that stuff on at the table while we're there talking. And we talk to our kids like we would expect them to talk to adults. Right. Okay. So let me ask you, is it yes, no answer. Do you, when you think of work and life, are they separate or? They're one. They're one. They're one. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's what I've been, not struggling with, but trying to get right in my own head for 
I think to have that conversation with the children, when my son says to me, so I went home last night, I said, oh, I've got to go to head office tomorrow. Thomas has invited me to do Wine and Wisdom with you guys. The kids were going, oh, you're going to be doing a podcast, Dad. Can I tell my friends? So take a chill pill, you know? You know funny just, story. But that's, what the, that's what we have to do to uh, grow the audience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> funny. Bribe the kids. <laughs> the tell kids, everyone. The kids are going to be going to the local bottle. Yeah. Have you had this bottle of wine? Mate, I'm looking for <laughs> it's closer than you think. I've been, Crystal hadn't listened to our first one. I played a little bit in the office, but she hadn't listened to the whole thing. So I gave her a hard time about it. But she said to me today, so uh, Isaac and I started listening to your podcast <laughs> and then it was time for him to get out of the car at school and all he'd heard about for 20 minutes was wine. So <laughs> <he's>, <laughs> he thinks we're all about the so, wine. Mate, yeah, when, so when we're at home, we're talking to the kids about our day. Uh, the kids are hearing us our real life issues, our real life hurdles that we overcome. They're listening to us talking about giving each other advice about handling things. So when they come up and we ask them about school, they feel more open to us about possibly sharing stuff that they may be coming up with. And then as a family, we're coming up with ideas to help our kids maybe improve in English or you know be more focused at their dancing or whichever it may be. We're then as a family doing that together. You know, I love working, doesn't matter what it is. I think if you think work and family is separate, that's your decision, and then that's got to be the cutoff where you really can't start mixing the two. Uh, maybe work and, and life being separate means that maybe someone is, is doing a, a job they don't like. They might as well yeah. find something they really love, so yeah. it becomes their life, no? I've got yeah. a friend of mine who's worked at Qantas for 29 years. Yeah. He started when he was 15 or 16, left year 10 and got a job there. He does not at any time mix work with home. In the entire time, he has never had one of his workmates to his house mm. in the entire 29 years. And that's him. It goes beyond having people to your house. One of, the, one of the things I've struggled with since I got into real estate is burnout. There's been three times in the last four years where I've burnt myself out completely, absolutely cooked. And it started to happen again this year, but I caught myself. And it's an interesting thing about burnout. When it happens over and over again, you start to realise the symptoms. The first thing that happens to me is I stop reading. I won't pick up a book. I'm an avid reader. I'll read every day of the week, apart from weekends possibly. The day I don't pick up a book, I've worked out is one of the early signs for me that I'm, I'm starting to do Slip. too much. And then eight weeks ago, I was cooked. I think I came to your house one Saturday afternoon and you said, man, you're tired. That was me at that stage. I'd yeah. been through about three weeks of, I had, I'd stopped reading. I'd got to two o'clock in the afternoon, every afternoon and just had enough, like completely hit a wall. Tolerance level at an all time low. Like someone would only have to say a small thing for me to, and I'd, at that time I said to myself, I need a break. And I hadn't had a break since Christmas and probably not since a, a real break since the last time we were in the Hunter Valley, which was August the year before. I remember saying to you, I need a break, but I can't have one till the end of the quarter, which we were five weeks off. We had to get through September. And I booked myself a weekend away at the Hunter Valley, but I'm like, if I don't sort this out before then, I'm gonna end up in bed again, which has happened on more than one occasion. It's where I started really thinking about what is work-life balance, because I've always someone who probably has seen them as separate Home is home, work is work, the two don't mingle too much. And I think that's the trap you can fall into where if you think you're working too much and not having enough time for the other stuff, 
you, all of a sudden you're burning out, you need a break, you need time for this. And what I had to work out what to do is in, in that six weeks was find a way to combine the both and give myself a mental break while I was still at work. I said, well, there is no such thing as work-life balance. It is all one. Um, if you're going to have a balanced life. And I guess it, it's coming from a business owner's perspective, this, so we're all at different levels and, and, and life, the life part of balanced life is different for everyone. So life for me is three kids, running a business, trying to support the family and do all that stuff. And a funny thing happened just by involving the kids more in work, taking them into the office, bringing my eldest son, who I don't see as often as I'd like, to open homes and I think I even took him to a listing appointment at one stage by talking about stuff about the podcast and still all work-related, but involving the family in it, all of a sudden, I didn't need any time off anymore. And by the time the weekend away and the hunter came... You had recharged already. I'd already ordered three books and I was like, I didn't want yeah, to go away wonderful. because I was ready to go. But then we went away. And like I said, I'd, I'd booked from Friday to the Monday off, six weeks in advance. I let everyone know who would listen to me that the Friday I was going to spend the day playing the PlayStation because that's my me time. Don't talk to me. Leave me alone. I'm spending a day playing the PlayStation and then Saturday and Sunday and Monday we're going to be in the Hunter Valley. On the Friday, I heard from every single person involved in my business, involved in my life, <laughs> involved. I had staff ringing me. I had business partners ringing me. I had the wife ringing me. The only people who didn't call me were my clients because they knew they I was knew having the time off. Okay. And it was then I thought to myself, yeah, that's 100% true. There is no way that work and life are separate. If I can't tell people six weeks in advance that I'm taking this day for myself and get that day for myself, then all hope is lost. And I think that realisation for you now is that it is actually an intertwined, combined yeah. unity because that, that is your life. Yeah. You can't separate sections of your life. That is your life. Yeah. And the understanding of that now is a huge realisation. So it followed into the Saturday. But where, where I'd come to that realisation myself, now it becomes a family issue and a relationship issue. So Crystal and I left for the Hunter Valley on the Saturday. And before we'd left for the car, I'd taken a phone call about a listing. While we are in the car, I'd spoken to chat about a game plan we were going to have for a property. I'd spoken to a vendor in the drive up. Our first stop was Muse. We were an hour early for Muse, so we did a wine tasting at the same place that Muse was at. And my wife was, there was a bit of tension. She was, she was, I was sensing the tension and I said, you know, what's going on? Silly question to ask. And the issue was, I was supposed to be having time off, but I was still on the phone and I was still doing different things. And we had two staff on that weekend because another staff member had had the long weekend off. We had some brand new listings that were having their first open home, which were my listings. The two staff we had on were reasonably inexperienced and I was always going to take those phone calls. I'd come to the realisation that work and life were the same thing and they had to be and they were always going to be. But it wasn't the shared view of the entire household at that stage. And, you know, Muse is not a cheap restaurant. Muse is a hatted restaurant and it's very exclusive. I didn't take a phone call during lunch, but before lunch and after lunch there was stuff that had to be done. There was people who had to be spoken to. And that tension stayed with us the whole of Saturday until about 8.30 on Saturday night when I negotiated a deal. And as soon as that deal was done and the contract was signed, phone went off and you felt instant relief amongst the, the both of us. But when I look back on it and I wrote in my journal, I, I, I wrote, interesting day, perhaps because of the day before not being off, perhaps because there's no such thing as work life being separate, 
There was a teething period as we adjusted to being away. We're not, we don't go away very often. There was tension with the wifey over me still working. In my head, question mark. The boys are on their own. The business still needs to run. My clients still need looking after. No one else is going to do it. Could I have turned my phone off? No, and you can't. And the thing that I was having trouble conveying is if I don't have that mindset and I don't pick up that phone, we're not sitting in Mews having lunch. We're not going away to the Hunter Valley for the weekend because we don't have the results of that, that effort. Now, at some point, I will grow a team where I can go away and turn my phone yeah, off. Right. But I haven't been good enough at that yet. Yeah. So because of that, and I don't call it paying the price, we own a business, we run a business. You don't have the opportunity to sit there and go, I'm not going to talk to anyone today. I'm going to leave my staff posted. I'm switching my phone off. I'm going to leave these clients who are about to pay me $30,000 for a sale after their first open home and not talk to them. That's not an option. Do you think setting the expectation prior to that weekend, once you had the realisation on the Friday, setting the expectation on the trip there, saying, look, this is what's going to happen because I'm not at work, would have helped? Yeah, oh, there's lots of things that would have helped. So what happened was uh, Crystal knew I was cooked. She told me to, to book some time off. I booked the time off. And in between, I've had this whole epiphany about balance and right. the two things being intertwined. But I wasn't having that conversation with her. Right. I was going through this almost uh, transformation in my head. And it, it was almost a, a moment, I could almost tell you the time in the day where I realised, hang on, this is life. And it's work and it's life. And if I'd had have involved her in that, the goings on in between my years during that time, there's no doubt by the time we got to that Saturday, there would have been a lot less tension in there. The Sunday, amazing, because no one, you deals it, were done, done, everything was done, but you can't leave a business with two staff on deck who are relying on you. Look, we're responsible for their livelihoods. So who are we, you know, who am I to go away and turn the phone off and not answer the phone if they're calling me? Don't call me for something rubbish. Mm. Like. I was halfway through a Bathurst race on my bloody PlayStation. I got a text message about what time do you want an open home? Don't call me about that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and that's, yeah, it was it was something that sort of sealed the deal for me where, where a lot of the time we, people speak about work-life balance and it tends people to think that they're separate. You know, they are one and the same. And the one thing that's happened over that six weeks is the kids are so much more invested in the business now. Like I've got four-year-olds asking me about the business and the seven-year-old, he's really clued on. He's walking around in his Wisebury shirt and he's like, what did you sell today, Dad, and what are we doing? And can I come to the office and this and that? And it's made my life, like I, I said at the start, I was pumped. Things are good because there isn't that guilt for going, I'm not spending, I'm not involving the family enough, I'm being a bad parent, I'm too focused on work. And, and because we have combined the whole lot. The kids made, appreciate what you're doing now, the hours that you're putting well, they in. they understand. Yeah. I think so. They understand, and mum's not going, oh, dad's just at work, doing a work thing. They understand you now what I, what I do because I have involved them and, and what we do. And I think... Um, yeah, wonderful. It, it's different for everybody. So that's why I asked you your idea on work-life balance because you don't own the business. So do you have the opportunity to turn your phone off and switch off because you're employed? And that's why that life part is going to be so different for other people. It's subjective to some people, and I heard the podcast with Rod the other day, and he finishes his calls when he gets his driveway, yeah. goes inside and work stops for him, and life and the kids begin. And, the, and that's his choice, and it works well for Rod. And it's, again, it's going to be, I think, to an individual. He's got a team behind him as well now, though, which he can trust and say, okay, the team's there. If anything's happened at work, I know I've got, a, mm. number one, a business partner, and number two, I've got a couple of guys in the office that are, Champion, mm. champion men and salespeople, they will look, have his back. So he knows that 
once you start through that threshold, I think you can move forward and just be, concentrate on the family. Um, yeah. yeah. Different for everybody, That's but it, the idea yeah. of them two being separate and that you can have one without the other and completely switch off, I just think is a falsehood, that, especially from a depending on where you're at. In a young in a young business age, I think, yes, you're right. And you're a family right. age too. You know, yeah, kids true, true, true. Huge difference. The biggest regret we have is not spending enough time with our kids. Um, I look back at my upbringing and my parents were working so bloody hard to provide for us, which has given me the work ethic I've got and the attitude I've got. But there was that work and home life are separate because there was no involvement and, and I grew up, you know, I sit there halfway through and go, I need some time off. You're never going to get time off. You're so never going to get it. Time off. What is off? So I know, Thomas, when you go away, you, you, you tell, you warn leaders and the managers and say, I'm going away for a week, don't call me. Yeah. Don't call me. And you, you often say you still get phone calls from those leaders and I those still managers call and so yeah, forth. Yeah, because they, make, they, because they don't listen. Uh, or they don't realise or sometimes they don't give a fuck. But I, I have to say, boys, I disagree with your definition of um, work-life balance. Mm -hmm. I think there is a difference between understanding that we have obligations about work, but we owe it to everyone around us to find balance. And to me, balance is about a few things. Number one, you have to be aware of your priorities. So it's about being aware of what's important for you. So if you want to look at it, you might want to write the word JAPS, but it's JAP, J-A-P-P. So the A stands for awareness. How do you know when to, you need to recover balance if you're not aware that you're out of balance? And for me to, the one of the things that I've learned over the last few years is pay attention to your heart as much as you pay attention to your brain. I've been raised on listening to the mind. Whatever logic can't describe, it's wrong. And over the years, especially with the three daughters I have around me, I have come to learn that no, sometimes the heart tells you way more important things than your logic. So until you realize that maybe some parts of your life is not balanced, you can't recover. The other part for me is about juggling. That's the J of Japs. Is that balance is never a an equation that is filled. Balance requires work. It's, that's why we call it balance. It's never balanced. It's never perfect. So you have to juggle. Yes, you have to juggle work because work has to pay for it. But I'm sorry, man. If you were to go for four days off, unless you really want to talk to that leader or that friend or that, uh, that, that person, you don't have to. I personally don't believe in making that time, especially for our wives. I was listening to you, I'm thinking, my own balanced life has come to the cost of my wife, quite often. And I think that for your wife, who has also made sacrifices so that she could enjoy that amount of time, and that was important to her. I, I think that by you putting that definition onto her, I think that was wrong. There's some juggling really to be done. man. Life would still have been exactly the way it was. That sale, if it was meant to really be, would still happen the next, the next day, the, the, on Monday. Or you would have made it happen before Friday. So I think that to have that sale taking over a Saturday, in my books, I think you have insulted Crystal. And, and that's what I think. Then the P for me is a balance is, is about finding peace. You know when you have balance. 
when there is that element of peace within. You call it bliss, you call it serendipity, you call it whatever you want. And I think that that is the juggle that we do with in, in our life with our second P, so JAP, J-A-P-P. The second P is you have to know your priorities. What's important for you? And we all have a wife. We all have children. Yes, those are things that are important for us to balance too. And so if there is a time when that is going to be for your spouse, I think that that is the balance. When I talk about the, I don't believe in any such thing as work-life balance, is that I am I'm very lucky. I touch wood, I'm very lucky. For me, the finding or looking for what's best in people and helping them blossom and go to their highest level of potential, that has been now uh, my work. And because I love it, it's no longer work. I mean, we're sitting here now, it's about five o'clock in the afternoon. I've just finished first day of recruit training. Mm. And I'm loving every bit of uh, recruit training. And I've been doing this for about now 17, 18 years. And I still love it like I love it day one. So I don't know, man. I, I don't buy your shit of sitting here and trying to brainwash your wife that your life, <laughs> work-life balance is the, the only fucking definition that matters. Well, I, no, it's not the only definition. That well, matters. then maybe oh, you should have decided maybe, hold on, what about her? What is she thinking? Yeah. Have you found out wh what her definition was? And I think that's what we need to be doing. Because in the end, our children's not a, about business. Yes, they can come in the business and appreciate what you go through in order to give them the nice presents they get. But is that life balance? The fact that your children know that. Number two, when I sat down and listened to you talking about well, I had to plan for six weeks. Really? Is work-life balance an event that happens every quarter? Once? Three days a week? Three days for that quarter? Or four days? Because for me, life balance is something that you juggle. It happens every hmm. single day of life. Which I think I said I worked out after I'd booked the holiday. It's a daily event. Yeah. But as soon as I did work that out, that's where I found my peace. And what I was doing on the Saturday was juggling. I don't disagree. I don't. I don't think you were juggling. You were involved in one part, and that was work. Right, Chris? I mean, is he full of shit now or not? So Maybe I've his wine's got no, to his not head. not even now. close. I've had a lot of time to think about this. If I, That's why I wrote, I've written it twice. Phone off an option. The answer was still no. I've got two boys there that are doing all our work for us. Am I not going to pick up the phone all? I'm going to pick up the funnel. That's that's. I think your jab preference with peace, priorities, juggling, and awareness. I think all those portions are within that Saturday. Um, whichever way you look at it, from both sides of the fence, you can bring them in both parties. I think the work-life balance is going to be different for different people at different points of their time, and that work-life balance in 12 months could be totally different again for people, depending on what they're going through at that point. Yeah, but uh, don't you think that when he said on the Saturday there were things I had to do and. And I had to work and, and his wife was waiting in the car and waiting silent and then she was looking forward to this. I don't think that it was work-life balance for her. No, so we she, had, she had to embrace the work-life balance that he defined. And I think that that's where maybe we should sometimes listen. You know, we should sometimes sit down and go, all right, what is work-life balance? Let's now go into the other side. What if work and life were separate? Then you would have to turn your phone off and you would have to allow chunks of time that are for one and not the other, and the two can never mingle. That's 
Okay. And, and people's idea of a break is a break from one or a break from the other. And so what is but, balance then? Well, that, that's someone's idea of balance is I finish work at 4 o'clock so, so on no, a Friday no, no, and I don't do anything for the weekend except spend time with my family and then Monday if, to Friday's work. But if, what is the goal of balancing it? What is the goal? Peace. Oh, oh. <laughs> to get peace, peace, yeah. So when you have your wife chewing your ears, do you get peace? You're full of shit, man. Maybe you've drunk too much of your beautiful wine. It your bastard, it's all gone now. <laughs> Thomas Allen, Chardonnay 2019. That was that was they should good. start doing Magnum bottles, these bastards. You know, with, the lo- with that saying, we're an industry where we, I believe it's very hard to turn your phone off. Completely switch off 100%. I believe that. We're an industry. If we were a mechanic or packing shelves of coals or whatever it may be, we come home, we can turn our phone off, and we can go to work the next day. That's how you can have, I suppose, 100% work-life balance. But the industry we're in, and the speed in which people can get hold of you, whether it's through a private message or so forth, the only way is to turn your phone off, and then there's a big sort of awareness of, am I prepared to do that? Am I prepared to take that step? Because that's a big step to take. I disagree, man. You told me one day that, 100% took it on board, which is why I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying. I just have a different take on it at the moment. That if they still want to, if they want to buy the house on a Sunday, they're still going to want to buy it on the Monday. And from the day you said that to me, I don't pick up the phone on a Sunday. So okay. why didn't you not pick up the phone on a Saturday because when you were with your wife that was special to different the to a Saturday? <laughs> <laughs> I think you're full of shit. It's now. not, mate. There Listen. was half a dozen open homes. There was staff who knew to me and there was clients who knew to me. Now, on a Sunday, it's well established that Sunday's family day. No. That was about recognising your priorities. Why did you need those four days off? What made you, uh, what is it, plan for four, those four days off? The burnout that I'd since got over by the time we went away. I, was, I, I get I that. Back to work. I get that. So the realisation you needed some time for yourself. Yes, but on the Friday when I <laughs> come on, Chris. So is it, so to get a hundred percent time for yourself, you've got to turn your phone off. Yeah, tried that on the Friday, mate. Couldn't even get one lap of Bathurst. But your phone wasn't Couldn't off. Couldn't even get one lap of Bathurst, mate. But your phone wasn't off. <laughs> but if you turn it off, you you probably would have found in the world still spinning, man. You think you're that important? Yes. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, man. Right, let's, let, <laughs> no, no. Chris and I, we do know you're not that important. We, we look at you and we feel good about ourselves, don't we? <laughs> so, Is it important that the team knew they had me there if they needed me? Is who cares? The team still knows. The team still knows. I, I truly believe, and this is what I've been professing. That if they know, why do they call you? Um, for many reasons, but I would then say if the team knows that this is a time for me and my wife and they're still calling, they don't give a fuck about me. If they call in, I've got a problem. But that's me. That's what I came to on the Friday, mate. I'm like, PlayStation Day, Cam, Yeah, but yes, yes. There's no open homes on a Friday. There's no clients that are having their very first open home. There's no negotiations to be done on that Friday. Everyone called. So that was when I lost all hope for me, Tom, and the two are going to have to be together, whether you like it or not. And yeah, well, listen, we, we can agree to disagree. Uh, I think that, uh, first of all, I don't believe in burnout. Right? I've read some articles lately about burnout, and apparently it's not an epidemic in, in, um, in Australia. I was reading something in, um, in my LinkedIn the other day, and, it's, and the title was Australia's Burnout Epidemic. And, and the people are asking what's behind it. 
Do you know what? Man, I've never experienced burnout. That doesn't exist. To me, if you're doing what you love, how can you have burnout? Burnout can only happen when you're not doing what you love and when you're supposed to have a bit of time for yourself, which should happen a little bit every day, and you don't, then yes, even the best Formula One engine needs to switch off between races. But you imagine if they keep those Formula One engines running between races? Man, they, they wouldn't even make the race. And so it's about us switching it off. And switching it off is about us first knowing our priorities. What is it in our life? I know as a, 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 a father, as a married man, my wife is a priority. All my four children are each a priority. Not four together, but four each. Mm. Because Zara is very different to Zoe, even though they're twins. Charlotte's got very different needs. Alexander, even though he's very independent, he still has some needs that I need to attend to. So then, yeah, there's a bit of work. Then there's a little bit of me. I mean, how can I give the best of myself unless I really look after myself first? Mm. So there's a little bit of me there. And then there's, yes, there's my parents. I mean, they're elderly and they live 20,000 k's away in Belgium in a little town of Brussels. Mm. And I need to worry about them. And, and then there's other things. Then there's my in-laws. And then there's, there's plenty of things to worry about. But at some stage, you have to say, one of the priority now, and, I, and, and from what I hear is, it's me. What am I doing for me? And if the day that I'm giving myself a me day, to play, let's say, PlayStation, for example, and I'm okay with e having Egypt disturbing me when they know it should be, really, I'd fuck them off, man. I wouldn't have them around because they either disregard me or I disregard myself. And that's why I, I don't experience burn, burnout. Mm. I love what I do. I know when I need a break and I am very much aware of myself. There are days when I'd wake up, and you've, you've heard me over the phone where I'm a bit down, mm. Because we all have down moments. The guy that says to you, I'm always up, I never have down moments. He should be shot. He's a liar. That's Christian Ola. Bullshit. <laughs> hey. So tell me, that self-realisation, yeah, Thomas, when? and that, uh, that time for self. It's one of the SMS, right? Yeah. It's time for self. Do you feel without that, there may be a chance of, want of a better word, burnout? If you're not looking at recharging the soul, whichever way you do it, recharging your own batteries? Yeah. Is there that chance that you may come to a point where work's now no longer fun because you're doing it, you're not recharging yourself outside of that? Yeah, or? listen, I think we, we need to really look at the word burnout very closely. Burnout means that the, the part of yourself that is very important to you, you call it the soul, you call it whatever you want. I, I don't know. I've, I, I'm not that spiritual, so I wouldn't have a name for it. The self. But that, is, it that cool. is a part, that is a, that special part of yourself that is now feeling tired that is feeling impoverished, not nourished, not getting that daily nourishment. And it can go without one day. I mean, most of us human beings, we think that food is the only thing we need when it's not true. We, we need spiritual, we need energy, we need like even the things that we're doing right here, talking like mm -hmm. the three of us. Absolutely. Like, we're not wasting time, we're no. actually enriching each other's soul, you know, in, in, in some ways. So unless you're making that time for that, Yes, at one stage you're gonna wake up impoverished. And yes, you call it burnout. That's mainly because you didn't make the time for yourself. So right. if you're aware, and what is awareness for me? Awareness for me is when you realize of what you need before you even need it. So that sort of brings 
you back to one of the things you first started about you feeling the way you did mm. was you notice it immediately when you stop reading. Mm. So obviously that was something that nourishes you. Before you go any further, man, we need some wine here. So yeah, you've got yours open. Vino, right? I've opened it to, to, to give it a little bit of air here. So let's start with that Howard Park, right? 2014, Cabernet Sauvignon, so it should be really uh, heavy. And let's see whether the Janice really deserved her award award last year, right? Not normally. If not, I'm go we're going to have to go back and get it back on her. You, you got your work cut out for you, mate. I'm not normally a cab serve guy. No? But I thought that with the cheese that we have in and probably yeah, with, these, with the this thing, with it, I think we, we, we're going to do fine. What about this stuff? You see, you see how he's, he's selling us about the, the fact <laughs> that his wine's going to be in and we're out shit? I, I get you, man. Whoa, so what do you reckon about this wine? I, I'm, not, I'm not selling you boys, right? I was talking to Veronique and I said to her, it's not about competition. Except wine, wine and wisdom is about the more they drink, the wiser they get. Yes. Okay, so it's never about competition, man. You're going to have to accept that, even if you're going to be last forever. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. I will. I will be okay. I said to Vernick, I will never argue with him on being last. I will accept that. <laughs> I've got to ask: Did you set a limit to the purchase price of these bottles? Fifty dollars. Fifty dollars for 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 us. But any guests, they will they can go to any price they want. Okay. Because fifty dollars is it's that's a good limit. There's some nice wines under well, fifty dollars. We bought. But I can see the competition going to some great no, crews. No, it doesn't matter. We bought. <laughs> so this was. Uh, I think this is only about twenty bucks a bottle. That's why shit. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> you, mate, can we replay the tape? You, definitely shit did not come in. That was good. No, was but good I have one. to say that 2019 is a bit young. It has a little bit of uh, the acidity it should have lost after maybe two years. Mm. So I probably would say if it was a, the quality wine it should be, and again, I'm, I'm no expert in this, man, maybe in 2021, that's when it should have been open. No. <laughs> that's a problem with all of us. I go to wineries and then they show me the best wine and they say sell it for five years and I said, no, no five years, mate, like you serious? And, and, and I know as they're telling me, they know that none of us going to keep it five years. My 48 bottle wine fridge was empty when I left and it's now full, so we bought plenty. They're all sort of 20, 30 bucks a bottle, but we bought one bottle of 2006 Shiraz, mm. it was 125 bucks. I'm sorry, it uh, blows nice. the budget so it can't be a part of wine and wisdom. Oh, but, no, you can uh, still bring it. Uh, <laughs> or drink it on the side. So oh, going sorry. back, I think that burnout comes from a lack of meaning in what we do. Mother Teresa, who works probably longer hours than all three of us put together, she probably used to work until she dropped. And one of the reasons I think she worked until she dropped was that she was filled with guilt and that she wasn't doing enough that she wasn't able to re-contribute. And so the life work that she was doing was so meaningful that there was no burnout for the woman. When someone says to me, I got burnout, I go, yeah, you lost that meaning. You lost that time for yourself. Maybe it's time to recover a bit of priorities. So what comes into, so back to, because the book thing is interesting to me, and you're asking me about it. So what, Look, where, for where me, I'm, mate, it, my family and friends recharge me. 
food and drink and yeah. recharge me. Bonsai recharges me. A good movie recharges me. Yeah, no, it's true. You're a freaking master, a bonsai I master. master. I've got quite a few and I like doing it and I travel Australia teaching. What do you mean you're not a bonsai master? I mean, you no. go to Japan and teach these guys? No, I don't teach them. <laughs> I wish it was that easy. Shit, no, like this is a man. That, <laughs> this is disappointment. I, I thought you were teaching real. them. I have to keep it real. I, t- I teach within Australia, but I, you know, don't, you know, in Japan. No, so just a, a, a few more words about uh, balance. I think people have to accept balance is not about perfection. At best, balance, the perfection of it, yeah. is just about a split moment. Okay. Just that moment where you say to yourself, do you know what? I feel blessed. Isn't it? Yeah, right. After that, there's no more balance. And before that, there wasn't balance. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know, the, I know the, the feeling. I know the thought. I know the time. I, I've had those thoughts going, man, how good is this? And then... I was talking to someone, actually one of the recruits that I have in the, this room here. She just moved back from overseas just to be around her mother who's 85. Why? Because that's going to bring her that peace. And she's now juggled her priorities and to, to, to recover some feeling of balance for herself. Yeah, right. So I, I think we don't have to accept that work takes over anything. No, not takes it, over. It is a part of that. Uh, it, is, it is a part. It is a part. But it has to know when it has, it has to know its boundaries. Or you have to know its boundaries. You know my business. You know my business very, mm-hmm. very well. Mm-hmm. So give, give us some of wine, man. Where do we do? Yeah. The bottles on my, the side. My, my apologies. Fair dinkum, mate. You'll never be allowed I back. I don't think he's allowed back. No. I was. Uh, I was. Uh, forgot that I was now the barman. So yeah. I'm not. I'm not trying to justify anything I said before because this has been a an ongoing discussion mind, inside. Mind, yeah, yeah. yeah, mind f for me for a while. But yeah. My position right now, you know my business, you know all the people in my business, you know a lot about my personal life. Mm-hmm. Very different to someone who has a full team underneath them, who has managers in place, who has people who have been in the, in the job for years and years and years, and you can go away, you can go overseas for months, you can do whatever you like, and you know the business isn't going to suffer, or the people under your umbrella... Mm-hmm are going to suffer because mm-hmm. I, I bear a huge uh, responsibility for the people we employ. Are you talking like poor me here? Am I no, listening no, to a freaking... No, poor uh, me. But I can't go away for three months. I can't. And three months in my brain and, in, in, and with my anxieties is the same as four days at the moment. But it's even still, sorry, Cam, but even I don't think there's many leaders in the franchise that can go away for three months. No. I don't so think that there the are many leaders full stop that could go away for three months. Right. They'd be bored. No, it's an example. Oh, yeah, for want of a better word. Okay, right. Okay. So at the moment, work has to be entrenched in a lot of what I do because of the state of my business and the, and the team that I haven't grown yet and whatever else. And in 12 months' time, that might be completely different. I might be able to switch off the phone for four days without any worries in the world. And that's the state of your business in at the a, moment. That's right. a state of life, though, too. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. they're not separate. That's life. Life at the moment needs me to do what I'm doing. And this is in my head. So this isn't an absolute. This is yeah, yeah. me talking to myself. Life at the moment needs me to do what I'm doing. If I don't do what I'm doing, life gets a whole lot worse for a whole lot of other reasons. That's correct. Right. And so which version of you will do best? The version that is at peace and content and... Positive or the version that is burned out and not happy and frustrated and anxious? Which version? The first version. Okay. 
So wouldn't you want to make sure that every single day of your business life, yes. no matter what happens, no matter the current of the river that you're attacking, that you're the best person with the best paddle to navigate it? Yeah, 100%. Therefore, Which I started balanced with. life happens every day, yes, my friend. Yes, it does. No, that's what I'm saying, which is why I didn't feel taking a phone call driving up the freeway on the way to the Hunter Valley was messing with anything that was going to happen at Muse that day because it is a daily juggle and they are intertwined. And at this point in my life, my life needs me to take that phone call on the way up the freeway, which isn't affecting the time we had. It was a question, well, it was affecting a car trip. It wasn't a fight, it wasn't, a, it wasn't anything. It was a discussion and there was definitely angst around it. Yeah. Feel the angst, but you could almost set your clock to the time the angst ended, and that was when the signed contract came through from the other mob. The staff were all happy. I'd checked on them. Everything was good. Her angst left. My angst left. Yeah. I so don't think that her angst left because of that. I think that instead of the we time or it wasn't us time, I'm a good-looking bloke. It was the no. It became something else. I mean, there, there's a few things that you said that worries me a little bit. I don't hear me time properly. And you said earlier, you know, uh, when I got that sale, things left. Should really work-life balance or peace be conditional to something that we expect to happen? What kind of rule is that? I personally believe unless we get work-life balance or peace, unless we get peace without any external factors, unless we have that feeling of peace, unconditional, nothing else matters. If my peace can only happen if the angst has to disappear only after a sale is completed, what a sad way of living life, man. But I was at peace, doing the sale and having the me time. It wasn't Crystal's idea. Then why did you take your wife with you? Why did you take your wife? Did you take your wife to have yeah, us time? And us, and, and us time had phone calls and, and all this. I think she had to be okay with it. I'm saying this is where I'm probably selfish in that respect. I was at peace having our lunch, having our time together, going to the wineries and taking the occasional phone call. I didn't feel like it was intruding on my me time too much. I didn't feel like, mm. uh, why won't these people leave me alone? And, and Which I have done in the past. Yeah, Crystal was feeling completely different about it, which I'm not saying is right or wrong. I'm probably selfish for, but for me, I'd found my, I'd found my balance. I hadn't found the balance in the husband-wife situation. The husband and wife situation balance came when the phone went down. So, but is it balance or relief? <laughs> what is balance? Well, balance. Peace. The, the peace came because she knew that you were one hundred percent on her now. I was at peace. I was at peace. All but right. then was Crystal's peace then found once she knew? Okay, the deal's done. Yeah, I've got one hundred percent of his yeah. attention. So I was being selfish in the in the other day. But so then her significance was increased because and love connection because then you're one hundred percent on her. Yeah, there's, there's no doubting yeah. that. You okay. could not be at peace. I was okay. When you're world. driving or when you're there and you know that your wife, you only had to look at your wife and you knew she wasn't happy. Yeah, which wasn't peaceful. No, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I got that look last night. It's all right. Not from your wife. Oh. Not from mine. <laughs> I've, I've killed lots of trees to write all this stuff out. <laughs> <laughs> Big lines. No, but isn't it true? No, you're right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it as a, yeah, in a micro... Do you remember last week when we, or two weeks ago, when we spoke about how I believe that a flower has to grow through all its petals, yes. not just one at a time? Yep. I think that to bury our head into the illusion 
that that one leaf of petal is doing fine, therefore we have peace. That is a con that we do to ourselves, isn't it? So I think, no, for me, my friend, work-life balance, if you want to do that, you can do work-life, my personal thoughts, my soul, my, my, my parents, all that. You can put it all. That's why it's called balance, is that you never know when you need to put over tension. Mm. I mean, I live with my parents 20,000 k's away from me. And there are times during the day when I, I, I have a thought for them. And then there are times in the day when I have a thought for them and I go, I haven't spoken to them this week. I will make that FaceTime call. It's part of my balance. Mm. There are times when I feel, mm, Thomas, you're hungry for something. You, you haven't learned much lately. That's time for me to look at that side. And so it, it, that's what I call the balancing act. Mm. There are times when I realize um, I haven't, really devoted that much time to Veronique. Now I'm balancing that side too. And I think that's what balance is. It's, it's never ending. It's almost you putting water in every petals of that flower so that it balances. If you don't, it dies. If you mm -hmm. put too much, it will just crack. You just have to put a little bit. And so really it's about awareness, man. And I don't know, trying to put work so that it takes over life, and then we need to try to convince our loved one that that's the definition of balance. We're doing a con job. Well, the question I was hoping you were going to ask him earlier was, you've got it sus now. What age? What time? How long ago? Because you didn't have it sus from... Was there an aha moment, or was it just uh, gradual m growth, or...? See, I feel like I've had an aha moment. You've just blown it out of the water like my Chardonnay blue, you're red. But <laughs> Anyone who tells you that there's an aha moment is full of shit, I think. Okay. I think that sometimes you're awoken by a situation. I mean, sometimes my wife had to say, did you have to talk to all of those people while it is our us time? You call it a aha moment? Yeah. I call it just being caught moment. Slap in the face. Uh, some, some people, they focus all their work onto their success. They go out there and they try to be successful. They get greedy. They want more. They want more when they have one house. They want 15 when they have 15. And they always have a logic. This is why we should be doing it. And then one day their son just takes drugs. And then it wakes them up. And then they have to go and now try to recover the balance there because they suddenly realize, maybe I, I should have spent a bit of energy on my child. But sometimes that recovery or balance is impossible. So you call it an aha moment? I, I don't know, man. And you know what? Maybe my definition of balance in 10 years is going to change again. But right now, one of the biggest things I've done in terms of work for me, it was to tune into heart power. Mm. I've told you already, guys, that I have been doing a lot of more breathing techniques and I've been doing a lot of breathing techniques onto the heart. I've told you I've got device I could show you, even here in my desk here, that just controls my heart rate and the variability of my heart. So I really try and test it. And I've done a lot of that focusing on the heart because I really believe that the heart contains so much intelligence. After all, don't we say, you're the heart of my life. I know that you may be upset, but this is coming from the bottom of my heart. You're my heart. Do what the heart says. I'm following my heart. Sweetheart.
I mean, how many positive words human beings have come out with heart, and yet in real life they do nothing with but brain. Yeah. And so doing that heart has allowed me to really remove the clouds of a lot of my life. Do you, do you think that we go to brain because of social conditioning? Uh, our upbringing, our social conditioning? We've shit. lost the ability to, to stay connected to heart? I don't know. I think we go to brain because it, when you're so, trying to survive, brain is the best place. It gives you so, at least that logic. If you're successful, well, you know, you're fine. If you're not successful, at least that logic helps you live with it. And if you're really trying your best and you're a failure, well, at least you can explain it. Mm. But I, I think that heart removes the cloud. You know, I just found out this week that dad has got the cataract. Mm. So the, the poor bastard, he's 89 and apparently now he's got a curtain. And he's trying to change channel apparently on, on the TV, but he can't see the buttons anymore. So apparently he's been reprogramming the entire television. My mother can't <laughs> see shit now. <laughs> so, and I look at all this and I, I, and I realize, you know, we all grow old. It's up to us to really pay attention to what's important to us. If family, and, and I think Chris, family is very important to you, then yes, family is going to be a very big petal in your balancing act. Absolutely. And if your work is another petal and then there is time for yourself through the bonsai, I think that that's one thing I'd really like to talk to you one day is it's about the bonsai and probably how you find yourself through bonsai, otherwise you wouldn't do it. Really, nobody, none of us does things because we've got time. We do things because there is something that's coming back, right? The day that you do bonsai and you find out that, fuck it, I'm not getting anything back in return, you're going to stop bonsai. Yeah. So yeah. that's why it's part of your balancing act. Yeah. And I think when we understand those priorities, yes, you call it aha moment. No, it's just about understanding priorities. Let me tell you, man, would you hold that same speech right now if you found out that because you've been uh, ill in hospital thinking that that, were, that was your last days, would you really take the phone call from your business? No. Ha! Here you go. A lot of people, they're getting what I call the illusion, the illusion of having to survive, and they transform that illusion to survive into work-life balance. It's bullshit. Okay. You know that I, I have clients who are 10 times richer than I am. I have clients who achieve way more. Do I give a shit? No. Because when it comes to the, at the end of the day, when I put my head on the pillow, I realize I'm actually sleeping peacefully. Mm. And you know, and this brings me to, to, to this. I listen to people all day long talking about my bucket list here, my bucket list there, and I want to do this. And I come to realization, I don't want to go and do anything. People thinking, oh, you should go to uh, the North Pole and, and do this and then they should be on your back. No, I want to do this. Like, there's many ways of doing it. Switch on the computer. You can see stuff on the internet straight away. I think that my bucket list is simple. The day I leave this planet, I will leave it with nothing left behind. I want to make sure that every gift that I have in me, that I have given it out. That's the only bucket list I want. 
The rest, really, it's where we are. And so I, I don't know, Cameron. Uh, this is first time in a long time I disagree with you. That's probably right, like man. since yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> We've been going on 34 <laughs> seconds. I just had another aha moment. It's about, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. about 16 times in this podcast. So. By me, <laughs> the reason I have to answer the phone is because I don't have the team yet. By me answering the phone, I will never have the team. I like that. I like that. I'm just coming to me there. Mm. I don't answer that phone. They have to figure it out for themselves. Which you they already and, and the thing about my team is, if any of them do listen, they all know the answers. They do. They they all know the answers. They don't nearly back themselves enough. They know everything I know because I make sure that I put all of whatever I can into them. Right. So what I have just come to the realization is that I'm never going to have that team if I keep answering that phone because they will never get the self-belief that they don't need to call me until one day they go, oh, shit, I didn't need to call him. What is it that they say? Necessity is the mother of invention. And, yeah, we're going on six weeks now and that hadn't come to me, but it's come to me now. So we're yeah, but, but this, is, this is why I love the wine and wisdom, because wisdom. really we're talking among us, three mates. I don't know about you. I'm, I'm having a great time. We're talking about stuff. Absolutely. And, and our ideas are starting to come together. And, and I think that this is the thing that I like about wine and wisdom is it really comes down to the power of association and being transparent. Mm. Yeah. We can't change each other unless we're transparent with our opinion. And it's not who wins the battle, who wins in terms of wine, who brought the best wine, all that shit. It's got nothing to do with that. It's about sharing so that you, a younger version of me, 37, could do way better than me when you're my age. Mm. And so I think that that is more important than anything else. So don't even look at the winning or anything at all. You know, when you were talking to me yesterday, oh, man, you can't wait to see my wine. It's going to... It's a small I part of what we do, mate. Yeah, I do I enjoy... You know me. You know how competitive I am. The wine is a small part of what we do. And yes, just once in my fucking life, I would <laughs> yeah, like you to happen. say your wine is better than mine. And I think it's going to happen. <laughs> it, it, it is going to happen. But it's not about, yeah, that's not what we're here for. What we're here for is what just happened, man. What I just wrote down there. That epiphany, that, that change, man. You're totally different. I, I can see it on your face. Mm. It's a shame it's a freaking podcast. I mean, maybe, thank God it's a podcast, because if they see we his face, we, we, we fucking go. Could you get three better-looking blokes in a room? <laughs> <laughs> I noticed you didn't get the camera out. Is that just an old as here? We had a camera here last week. They want to show you up, that's hey. why. Well, boys, it's been fantastic talking to you today. I'm sure we're going to catch up again. There's so many things I just want to talk about, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that forever, next, next week we're going to have to catch up, because they're... I wanted to talk a little bit about the market. I think I'm going to start, have to start really making sure that we've got maybe a two or three agenda. things to go through. Yeah? <laughs> and so uh, until next time, Chris, Dinola, thank you so much Absolute for your time. Absolute pleasure to be here, mate. Uh, oh, Dinola. Cam <laughs> Wilson, thank you so much for being around. And um, until maybe next week. Rock and roll. You guys have uh, the best week. Awesome. Thanks, right. mate. Talk soon. Thank you. Bye. Cheers. Bye.